0: Son, kids your age think they're invincible. And it holds them back, makes them careless. You hear it? I do. Were you nervous? A little. <laughs> do this you need something to punch this is the beginning of a long journey for you son the thing is you're different you actually are
1: welcome to the strange harbors podcast a weekly discussion of film television and pop culture my name is jeff zhang and tonight i'm joined by amir turet and Derek Wong. So this week, we're talking about Amazon Prime Video's newest animated series, Invincible, based upon the 2003 comic of the same name by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead fame and artist Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. So this is an adaptation that's been a long time coming. Obviously, Robert Kirkman's like a huge name now because of The Walking Dead, but he was... Catapulted into like comics superstardom mostly from that year, two thousand three, with the release of both the Walking Dead and this comic. Right? I think uh me and Amir have some experience with the comic. I don't know, Derek. You you've never read the comic, right?
2: No, I I didn't. And I was contemplating maybe reading some of it before I watched the series, but I, I decided, you know what, I, I I'm gonna go fresh into this series. You know, not have any kind of comic knowledge uh, good idea think, good idea i was telling mir i think it'd be kind of fun that maybe once this first season's done i'll figure out what issues that kind of entails and maybe just read those you know so that i can get a better idea of maybe some of the differences but i'll, I'll wait until the season's done for that
1: yeah i'm i'm a big comics fan so like this is one of the comics that got me into reading comics i think uh me and amir we started watching like justice league and justice League Unlimited. And then that kind of got me into comics. And then other people recommended it. was like, oh, Invincible is like a really good standalone comic that you can read. So there's not much continuity. Like, you can just hop right in. So, yeah, I've, I've stuck with this. I have like all the trades. I've read the whole series. I don't know about you, Amir, but this has run for like almost 150
0: issues. It's- it ran really long. So I think I petered off at some point but i read quite a lot of it i mean i think you could probably do it in like a few weeks like a month maybe mm-hmm. i don't know a couple issues a day you could you could do it more that was that five issues a day for a month yeah so like read like less than a trade a month and you could
1: and it's not a dense read it's like very no, it's real easy quick. yeah it's it's quick read
0: yeah uh-huh. you, you don't have to go like Look up like chaos magic or like try and like parse the subtleties of like quantum physics or some shit.
1: No, the ins and outs of like crisis on infinite earths or something like that. You just gotta, it's
0: just a coming of
1: age superhero story about a a kid getting superpowers when his dad is the most powerful superhero on the planet. Omni Man,
0: (laughs) but it does rely on. Like the reader and the viewer having some familiarity with all these comic tropes that it plays off of, or else it wouldn't work, right?
2: Oh, it's it's funny that uh, Jeff mentions that you know he started by watching like Justice League and, and those kind of comics because I I feel like this draws a lot on specifically
0: the Justice League, right? Oh, absolutely. This is very much a, a, a DC, you know, I don't know, analog. I don't know, what do you call it? Yeah, analog type universe. pestie homage, and I guess it's got some of the Marvel personal drama threaded through it you know the sort of the more marvel way but mm-hmm. yeah it, it, there's definitely a lot of really overt dc analogs in this
1: so basically the story is about mark grayson this kid it's like a high school kid away he's like 17 years old and his dad is omni man um so this voice cast is stacked by the way yes Stephen young jk simmons sandra oh gillian jacobs jason Manzoukas, Walton Goggins. This is a stacked-ass cast. So many famous voices
0: here. Would you ever have thought that an Invincible show would get a cast like that? I would never expect. Comic books have taken over the fucking earth. I mean, it's insane. Like, why is J.K. Simmons in, like, three different comic properties at once?
1: I know. Uh, Spider-Man, Justice League, and (laughs) this. Yeah, it's bonkers. Funnily enough, this is a Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg production they spearheaded this adaptation which is kind of funny it doesn't really have like their trademark sense of humor but it has that dark edge that i think suits their brand quite well i think but i mean let's just get into it because like it's a very basic story and i think people watching it until the end of the first episode you're like this isn't that great it's like pretty unremarkable But, like, that's by design, right? Because it wants to pull that rug from under you with the final scene. And I think that kind of hurts the episode and the series in general. I think they try to hide the big twist with, like, the animation, which isn't that great all the time. And then, like, really tropey dialogue. I mean, the comic is from 2003. And, like, you really feel how dated it is at some points, you know? Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah.
2: Can I ask real quick? So if it started in 2003, when did it end?
0: Just a couple of years ago. I think 2017 yeah, just, or something. Yeah. It went real long.
2: I would generally agree with you. I think there's a lot that I do like about this series so far. But one of the things that I don't think is one of its strengths is its animation. Uh, and I don't think it's just the first episode. I think. No, it's not just the first episode.
0: At first, I agreed with you, Jeff. I, I was like, "Oh well." First episode looked a little wonky, and then the way they animated the end uh, twist scene was so smooth. I was like, "Oh, okay." They were just pulling the wool over our eyes, and from now on, it's gonna look smooth again. And it's not. But I still had those issues—the same issues in two, three, and four.
2: Because even if you just kind of look at some of the the actual like comic panels, there's just so much more depth and and just like detail to them versus like this show looks very flat and. It's trying its best to mimic the, you know, the actual look of the comic, but it just doesn't succeed in that way. And then maybe, maybe that's not the right attitude to have. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to be having an animated show about this comic, why can't it look, you know, as detailed or almost as detailed as, as the comic, I feel like, sometimes?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it kind of looks like those crudely animated Flash animations from, like... The mid-2000s, you know? Like, ironically the same time period that this this comic came out. But I think it just doesn't look as smooth. And then it's really jarring when they do the big twist at the end of episode one and then everything snaps into like this super fluid, beautifully animated, and frankly disgusting scene, right? But that type of animation's nowhere in any of the other episodes at all. So... I'm sure we'll see more of that type of animation when it gets to, like, the real pivotal scenes. I think they're saving that type of uh, animation for the big uh, plot points. But I kind of wish, like, they could have split the difference and had it more, like, evened out throughout the whole series instead of the stark contrast, right?
2: You know, we've had conversations about this show before even it premiered, and you felt like the... The trailer itself is also like a little spoiler, right, with the yes yeah, how gruesome the action is in, in those trailers uh, now I understand what you're talking about right when you very when you see this very first episode, it definitely is pulling its punches a little bit, I mean not to uh, I guess all pun intended. it's pulling its punches a little bit because all that gore and all that shock value is saved until the very last scene, right, and it's even after the credits,
1: yeah. The first 40 minutes, like the comic, like the first couple of issues of the comic is like, it's like a kid's show. It's getting that vibe of like Saturday morning cartoon. It's like about a a high school kid. He's just getting his powers for the first time. And his dad's a superhero. He's training to be a superhero. And like, there's a super team that he's like trying out for and things like that. And
0: there's a stereotypical
1: bully. Yeah. There's There's
0: the cute, the cute spunky girl at school. There's, you know, family drama or, you know, teen angst.
2: And is his, his best friend is also in the comics or no? The-
0: yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, then this is a good question. Uh, this is kind of just from my own knowledge. Can you guys approximate? I mean, this is a eight-episode season, and we have already have half the season, I believe. I'm guessing you guys have an idea where this might go by the end. Of course, don't spoil anything, but like, how many issues is this encompassing, maybe, of the first season? It's hard to say because... The first episode, they play
1: around with the timeline here a little bit, because the big twist is actually at the end of the first trade. So the first six issues. Oh, wow. But I don't think you can have like modern day viewers watch this like Saturday morning cartoon show and be that invested in it and not give them the big hook until, like, episode six. Can you imagine if that came, like, I? you would have checked out, right? You would not have been as engaged and, and like, curious to see where this goes if, if they didn't drop that bomb at the end of episode one.
2: I mean, I would give you that, but also, I mean, I'm thinking of Game of Thrones, right? Like, they don't they don't pull it out from underneath you until episode nine with with Baylor, right? The first season when Ned gets it. Mean, yeah, spoilers. but like they still push Bran out the window. You yeah, know? That's that's true they push Bran that's out true. the
1: window at the
0: end of episode one.
2: Like I think they could have maybe led with the gore and the violence. And maybe that's part of being a superhero. And then like, I, mean, I don't know how the comic goes, but then save the actual like Omni-Man is, I'm going to put this in air quotes, bad for maybe a couple episodes in. But maybe the comic doesn't also work like that then. Are you saying that the first couple of issues, like, they don't have, like, much blood or gore in the first couple of issues? No, not at all. Oh, okay.
1: I see. I see. They definitely put that under wraps in the comics much better than on the show. Because even on the show, there's a little more violence and, like, gore with, you know, like, the Mauler twins and then, like, mm-hmm. some of the smaller skirmishes in the first episode. There's just a little bit of blood, blood in Blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's not like that. I don't I want to say that's it's not like that at all in the comics. I think I think the first time you even get a sense of like how dark and violent it is is at the end of the first trade, where it's revealed that Omni Man is "quote unquote" evil, right? Mm-hmm. But man, that's such a good twist. It's it's still one of the best twists I think mm-hmm. in comic book history. Maybe it's it's a very very good twist, and it has not aged at all. I think I think it's it's aged very very well
0: and. And they do a great job with the adaptation. It's excellent. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it
2: might be better than the comic
1: panel. I actually, actually think it might be. I think it's it's more brutal than than the
2: comic. Oh, really? Cool. You know, I'm I'm the guy who didn't read the comics and so I am to to be completely honest, I was already spoiled like I knew Omni-Man was bad before watching the first episode, but oh, I didn't you I did not know that was going to happen. It was going to be like that, yeah. I didn't know he was basically going to kill the you know what are they called the Guardians of the Globe, right? Yeah. And I didn't know they were all gonna like meet very, very gruesome deaths, and that was still that was very surprising to me. And I was like, okay, this this is I guess this is what we're in for. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, a, it's,
0: it's as if you know Superman decided to kill his his world's version of the Justice League. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But then. That, we're talking about the first episode, but then, like, you know, that's that's kind of, like, that. that's my mindset after the first episode. I was like, oh, this is going to be gruesome. This is going to be gory. This is going to be, like, no holds bar. But then to get these next three episodes after, I feel like we kind of reverted back to maybe not this state of, like, you know, nice Saturday morning cartoon. But, like, I still don't think it's reached that intensity back to that level again. And I don't know. Maybe by the end of the season it will. but. I was kind of expecting that, like I was riding that high and then now I'm just like slowly, like each episode have been kind of going down.
0: Any show is going to have that ebb and flow though, right? Yeah, but I think it's, it's
2: weird to me because it, they set this very high, high bar the very first episode. Maybe that's what Jeff is like kind of talking about, right? Like maybe it's easier with six issues in versus like the very first episode, like that's your big like set piece. And then, you know, four episodes in, like nothing's really met that yet. And I don't know, maybe they can't
1: in the first season. It's very tonally jarring. I mean, episode 2 does have Omni-Man destroying the alien homeworld, which is kind of insane too, which is way more nutty than in the comics too, right? And uh that's a great scene too.
0: So I, I, in a way I understand like the weirdness Derek and that it does feel like a step back or a reset because nobody, quote unquote, no, nobody really seems to know necessarily about Omni-Man's betrayal or it's not widely known. And so it feels like, oh, we've gone back to this status quo. It seems like it shouldn't be able to be maintained. It's like the show gave us this glimpse of something and then like completely drew it away from us again. And we're going back to the Saturday morning cartoon. Uh,
2: yeah, it's not like completely Saturday morning because, you know, people get like blown up in the second episode by like the alien beans and stuff. Like there's still some like gruesome edge to it, but – Maybe maybe that was too much of a high for me and I'm like looking for that high again and I'm just like I haven't got
1: I it yet. I totally get it. I I understand. It's it's it's
0: a weird yeah. To run with the childish thing more, it's not even adult in its like themes or plot in the way that something I don't know, like Archer or the venture or The Venture Brothers or like Rick and Morty is an adult cartoon. Yeah. Right? It's not adult like that, even though you have the gore. Um, it's just I not see what, talking yes, about yes, or addressing yes, the same things. It is a very straightforward superhero pastiche uh, with some nice twists.
1: I mean, the most adult thing you get, like, thematic-wise is like, I don't know, Rexplode having sex with multiple duplicates, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even that's, like, off-screen. You don't see that.
2: Yeah, and you hear like the sounds of like Mark's
0: parents having sex right before he
2: comes in the house, and then they're sitting on the couch. I thought that was yeah. a really funny
0: touch. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean adult in that way, but yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about necessarily violence or sex, but you know.
2: So I am curious is there anything, I mean, you guys have read the comics, is there like when you talk about the pacing and you talk about some of the differences, like, has there really been any big differences or are they very minor at the moment?
1: I actually don't think Mark is asian in the comics
0: yeah and, and i actually, don't think he is and it's actually kind of hard to tell but i don't think he is yeah with mark i was like in retrospect i was like oh wait was he asian the whole time and was i wrong <laughs> because he looks very on model uh between the mm-hmm. show and the comics so it's not like he looked particularly different but i just thought oh maybe he was supposed to be asian because of the voice actors they got to play him and his mom
2: well uh, what about in the comics for Debbie's character, because she, she's drawn in this show to be look to look pretty Asian in my regard. She
1: looks less Asian in the comics, so that's okay. the big part of it,
0: I think. Yeah, I think in the comics, she's supposed to be red as white, whereas like I think in the show, she's definitely supposed to be red as Asian. So that's one of those kind of cool. interesting changes. I'm kind of glad they did it. I think it's cool.
1: I kind of like that they did it and they didn't say jack shit about it. That's kind of nice, too. I
0: Yeah, it was just like a totally normal thing. It's just like, she's just Asian. Mark is, you know, half Asian, half alien <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'm kind of split like there's definitely like vintage comic throwbacks, you know, like alien invasions and then like clone villains and and things like that and I think it's tacky at times, but other times I find it very endearing and it's I like fun. it a lot. I it like is it. fun. I like the the Justice League pastiche. I think the, the names are fucking funny as hell. Yeah. Like Red Rush, Martian Man, Green Ghost, War Woman. Yeah. They're um, all great. And then even like the new Guardians, like Rexplode, Duplicate. That's, that's fun names. I like that a lot. They are.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, speaking of the, the Guardians of the Globe, I mean, and, and speaking of like the voice cast, I love that most, I think most of them, or almost all of them, are voiced by ex-Walking Dead cast members, or current Walking Dead cast members. Yeah, a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah robert kirkman basically just pulled his resources like hey can you just like do this one episode for me
1: and then die
2: <laughs> and then die basically because you don't you know you at the end of the episode you're dead but it's really cool to see like so many of his like the, the walking dead cast members kind of voicing those those members of the team yeah but there's also like members that you, you would recognize like from the dc universe or the dc animated universe right there's like bark hamill uh, in this episode. There's mm-hmm. Clancy Brown in this in, in, in a couple of episodes. So it's it's really cool that they're kind of also drawing on like um the the voice actors that that have like previously voiced like DC animated stuff too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool.
1: Herschel Ali's in this too crazy gift yeah. for them there.
0: Yeah.
2: I
1: love Clancy Brown as Damien Darkblood, by the way. That's that's, that's such cool casting and I, I love that character. He's he's cool as hell.
2: So he's like a mix of Constantine and...
0: Like Etrigan or something. Or Hellboy? (laughs) He's he's the question and Etrigan, right? Oh, okay, yeah, He looks like Etrigan, (laughs) but he's basically just the question from Justice League Unlimited, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. I I hope he comes back. I think it's a cool character. I will say that one of the things that I don't quite like about the series so far also is the... I I don't know if it's... It's not really the pacing, but it's also like the... It's like the story structure... Where all of a sudden, like, we're in the middle of a, you know, a battle with aliens. And then he has to go up and fight, like, this Vegeta or, like, freaking Broly looking dude up in space. <laughs> right? And then he goes back to Earth. and It's like, it's this weird kind of, like, are they setting up something? Like, what? So what is going on?
1: Alan, Alan the alien, who's uh voiced by Seth Rogen mm-hmm. here, who you're talking about. He's like a fan favorite character. Everyone fucking loves him. Yeah. I kind of feel like they did botch his intro. I totally, there's no flow there. It's so, it's yeah, so like, it's abrupt. totally abrupt. Yeah.
0: Um, he's sort of a, he's, uh, he, what is he? He's like a beta ray build? Something like that. Kinda? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Not yeah. Really. So he like tests superheroes and stuff to make sure like they're, Up to snuff for like protecting the planet and and things like that. So yeah, uh, he's like he wasn't introduced very well. Yeah.
2: Well, then also like another good example is like this last very last episode, the fourth uh, in the fourth episode, like they they have this guy who goes into a tomb, and then you know there's like a mummy's type figure or whatever, and then it's never it's not revisited at all in the episode, right? It's like did you like that or hate that? I hated it.
0: Oh really? I really liked it. It's just a little glimpse of a bigger world, and it's like. Not everything involves Mark Grayson. Like, they just zoom by and have this casual effect on people because they're so powerful. And then, like, they just keep it moving.
2: Yeah, I, I guess for me, like, when I see – when I just I, – I think story structure for me is just, like, I wanted a little bit more traditional in the sense, like, if you're going to introduce something, like, have it pay off in
0: some way. Well, I've, I've noticed you really like things to connect in stories.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. my guess is that, yes, it will come back eventually and I will probably learn about it. Hopefully don't about don't it. hold your breath. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 but, like – but, yes, I would be even more angry if it doesn't come back at all, like, then uh, – yeah, I, I that's just, like, one of my kind of gripes with the show so far. I think structurally it's not the most tight. And I don't know if it's going to continue like this. Uh, it might still... It's going to be very frustrating for me to watch this series if it keeps going like this. <laughs>
1: All right, let's switch gears a little bit because I do want to talk about the big twist a little more.
2: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like the show should be bigger than it is. I feel like it should be, like, the next... The boys or something, and no one's really talking yeah, about no it. Nobody's
0: talking about this show. I'm a little so sad like, about it. Is this show too early or too late? Sorry, I've been I've been sitting on this the the whole episode. Is the is the show like too early in the cycle of superhero stuff where people like don't have enough conventional superhero stuff to bounce it off of, especially DC stuff, where you're going to go, oh, like a a kind of a a pastiche, a a friendly knockoff of DC stuff? Is it too early or is it too late? Like, we've already got enough comic stuff. We're saturated with it. We don't need more of it. You missed your shot.
1: I don't know. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think the marketing didn't really do it that many favors. Like, I only knew about it because I'm a fan of the comic, but like – I didn't really see that many ads about it. And like the pandemic is not helping, I feel. Although I feel like it should because everyone's at home. At Everyone home, needs stuff, yeah. stuff to stream. But like, I don't know. Maybe people just aren't into things that aren't Marvel
2: or DC. But that's not true either because The Boys is popular. To answer your question, I mean, I think it's a little bit too late mm. uh, in the regards that, I, Jeff, I know you mentioned how like the twist hasn't aged. Uh, mm-hmm. poorly, but I don't think it's not aged poorly. Like, I think it's still a good twist. Like, I was like, I said, I was very compelled by it. But I think this is on the same, I mean, quote unquote, network as the boys, right? We've seen this other right, hit show right, right. on Amazon Prime already has a bad Superman analog.
1: Yeah, it's not like something completely new, right? Exactly.
2: I think it's I, just I like it. a little bit too late. Like, if you switch this. If this came out before The Boys, I could see this being, like, a hit, right? And then The Boys maybe has lesser of effect, right? Because I think everyone's just, like, on a high with The Boys, that maybe mm. when they see something like this, it's just like, oh, okay, it's like
0: The Boys, but animated. Mm. I mean, yeah, maybe. I feel like it fits a very different niche than The Boys, though. The Boys mm-hmm. is all about the, like, ad- adult in the puerile sense of, of violence and yes. sex and cursing and... Like that—that that kind of Garth Ennis try-hard shit. It's definitely more about that, and this show is like almost on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe with the gore, it does it a bit. It's a kids' superhero show, but like people's heads get crushed and right, which is still which is still kid-appropriate for the United States for some reason, right? Like we, we don't yeah. we don't mind like super violence in our in our kids' shows for some reason.
1: But like the thing is, like I like watching people react to like big moments on shows, like especially because I can't go to movies now, right? so i like going on youtube and like watching people like react to the big moments in the shows that i watch and i was like oh i'm so excited to see people react to the end of the first episode of invincible because that shit's fucking crazy and i had to wait so long to for people to upload their videos like the marvel stuff the mcu stuff like wandavision uh falcon and the winter soldier it's like the next day it's like 80 videos like all the youtubers are like posting their reaction videos but this is like really slow trickle
0: yeah. I mean maybe the maybe maybe the Marvel and DC stuff crowd everything out like Derek was saying.
2: I was gonna say maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier right now is just taking a lot of people's attention right now.
0: O- only so much comics energy around and like, you know I mean I think I think to a very large extent though, the thing of the moment is just is almost completely random. Yeah. Yeah. And it just blows up out of proportion with anything else and then it's just dead like a month later. Like it feels like cycles are so fast. Like uh What was the show about the like lady who killed her husband Tiger? The Tiger, the Tiger show, Tiger King, yeah, Tiger King. Like that was a thing for like across the entire country for like two seconds, Mm -hmm. and then it was dead. You know, like I don't know. It feels like things are born and die really fast, especially if they're not somehow hooked into like like I don't know, Marvel, Disney, uh, monolith empire thing. I mean, do you think
2: partially this could be also the like people are kind of over the Walking Dead? I feel like. And when they see Robert Kirkman's name, no,
0: I don't think the that. Walking Dead was fucking enormous. Though you're right, like as a, as a point of comparison, the Walking Dead was so huge, and this is so not. I mean, it it I mean, they're different products. This is animated, and it is kind mm-hmm. of kitty, right? So yeah, it it is going to get a different audience. And I don't know, zombies were definitely huge at the time the Walking Dead came out, and I don't think anyone else was doing a zombie TV show. There's a shit ton of zombie movies, right? But there's not a lot of zombie TV shows. What was The Walking Dead's competition?
2: It wasn't really anything. It didn't happen. Zombie-wise, nothing, neither. Yeah.
0: Whereas, like, as you were saying, Derek, there's a ton of competition for this if uh, you're looking for superhero stuff.
1: Right. But, like, to answer your question about the Robert Kirkman name, I don't think the average viewer conflates the name Robert Kirkman with anything. (laughs) Yeah. I think, like, because we're, like, you know, we devour, like, pop culture and, like, comics and tv like we know who robert kirkman is but like the average person's not gonna know right that's a,
0: that's a good tagline for the show by the way we devour pop culture <laughs> we <laughs> <devour> <laughs> <strange> <laughs> can't use that we can't culture. use that
1: <laughs> vulture already uses that oh there you go to, so you stole to from better vulture. effect than i think <laughs> but yeah i was looking forward to everyone reacting to this this one scene and i eventually did get it i did get people people reacting to it and I, i'm i'm happy to report that it didn't disappoint that <laughs> scene is just so well animated it's, it's like, excellent it's so so good how they introduce like all the guardians of the Glo- i mean we already saw them but like have them each like get called to the the secret lair or whatever and then it's like a setup and and like red rush pushes uh the immortal out of the way and like the big reveal is that omni man's the one who's attacking them it's a great reveal yeah and it's so violent so brutal and and I like that the guardians get their licks in too it's not like he's totally invincible right like he he gets really fucked up by by the by the guardians but he's just uh
0: a little too powerful
2: so in the in the comics do they do they even get a do they even have as well of a fight
0: no that is, that's is one of the changes he just kind of washes them pretty easily in the comics
2: yeah cuz it, it sounds it it looks almost i mean I don't think that he was ever going to get defeated, but like they they get in some good shots, right? Especially even uh, Red Rush right at the beginning where yeah, he was like saving everyone,
0: and they don't do that coma the whole coma storyline that they, do, they don't really do in the comic, right? Because no, he's not. He's like, he yeah, gets yeah, his yeah. ass whipped, so there's no
2: oh, because I was going to ask about that, right? Like how how good is this organization when like Omni Man like slices a dude's head off with his hand? Like there isn't all that guy's blood on Omni Man's hand, right? Like, there isn't, like, trace evidence everywhere that Omni-Man was the man or the person who did this. Like, now it makes sense that in the comics, you know, he wasn't, you know, captured by the – what's the organization called?
1: The Global Defense Agency. (laughs) Yes,
2: yeah, the GDA. I guess that makes a lot more sense that that they don't completely convict him yet. But, I mean, in in the show, it does seem like Cecil's on to Omni-Man. He believes that Omni-Man is the one that has done it. He just needs to prove it yeah right um is that kind of in line with the comic at this point i don't remember actually i feel like
1: there is some suspicion but i think they're definitely playing up the suspicions more on the show and in the comics i, I don't think like it's as much of a thing as until like the big confrontation between mark and his father obviously um which we haven't gotten to yet but but you know something like that's gonna eventually yeah to happen. yeah of course um all right, who who got it with the worst out of the Guardians of the Globe in that Ooh. in that scene?
0: Red Rush got it pretty bad. He, he, he got really it got o- Oberon Martell there. It was pretty rough.
2: Yeah, because that was not. It was like the other people. Like a lot of them died pretty quickly. His, his was pretty prolonged. When well, he's okay, getting so
1: his- here's the thing. Because like I watched a lot of reaction videos and people were like, "Yo, why are they just standing there not doing anything while Omni Man crushes his head? It takes him like two minutes to crush his head, but like." If you notice, if you pay attention, it's, like, it's through the perspective of, of Red Rush, right? Oh, so, so, like, slowed everything down slowed time. down. So, like, that actually takes place within, like, a split second, I guess. I thought it was a great touch where they had, like, his fists going into Omni-Man and, like, his hands were breaking while he was punching them. That was that was a great touch. And yeah, then- that was really good.
2: The Darkwing one was pretty Gruesome to me, too, because yeah. he gets he gets slammed to the ground where his head gets caved in, and then he gets slammed again, and his, like, brain Brains explodes out. out. Yeah, That was pretty gruesome. Aquarius is... Yes. Oh, that yes. one was bad. That one's bad, too. Um, uh, I love that. I love when Aquarius gets called, and he's just, like, bored under the ocean, like, yeah. <laughs> waiting for something to happen. He's like, yeah, finally, something's about to happen, and then he goes and, you know, dies.
1: I'm kind of sad, because I kind of love... Uh, Aquarius, he's kind of cool. He's
0: a very silly design. Yeah, he's a, he's a far, far cry from a Jason Momoa. Yeah, kind of taking the Aquaman thing in another direction instead of doing yeah. like a cool Aquaman. Like, let's play up the goofiness of the character. Yeah, and the
1: sound design on War Woman's mace is yes crazy. When it's like flying through the air, and like when uh Omni Man catches it and fucking demolishes Aquarius's head with it, it's cr- that's some great sound design. Just pulverizes skull
0: and his brains are everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the great twist. It's it's excellent. Probably going to be a highlight of the show, I think, even if they go, yeah. you know, the full 150 episodes or whatever. Like, definitely going to be a highlight. What do you guys think about, like, the supporting cast here? Like, Amber, Mark's mom, like... Oh, I love Sandra O oh
2: as, as Debbie Grayson.
1: Yeah, I think Sandra O oh as Debbie Grayson has a lot of personality. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, like,
1: I agree. I like her a lot. I think a lot of, like, comic book moms and stuff are just, like, a whatever characters, but... I think she imbues her with like a real like personhood, and I, and I like that. I think a lot of the other characters are kind of throwaway.
2: I'd say I'd say for me, like the the ones I, I'm really enjoying, I mean, supporting wise, I guess Debbie and and Nolan, right, Omni Man. Mm-hmm. I think the the core like family dynamic I think is really good at, so far, and I really have like enjoyed those scenes a lot. It's all the other stuff around it that hasn't captured me quite yet. I mean, like the teen team stuff the the development of the I guess the next guardians of the globe and even the stuff like with amber like it, I don't know it it isn't there for me yet maybe maybe some things will start to click and and i'll I'll be more intrigued, but I'm always just really looking forward to like the family stuff more more than anything in this show so far
1: I'm a little peeved that they got so many. Actors and not that many voice actors. Mm. I think voice acting is a different animal from actual acting. And just because you're a good actor doesn't really mean you can do voice acting. And I think.
0: All right, so who, who, are, you, who are you taking shots at right now? Who are you- I, I don't know, know, right? I think- <laughs> Just say it. No. Just <laughs> say it. Yeah. I
1: think Gillian Jacobs is a little weird as Adam Eve. It's a little stiff. I think Jason Manzukis is too. Recognizable of a voice. I, I love
2: Jason Mantzoukas. <laughs> he doesn't stick <laughs> out too so much funny. for me.
1: I like him. I like the yeah. character. I think he's definitely a standout. But like every time I hear him, I'm just like, oh, that's Jason Mantzoukas. Jason <laughs> that's yeah. one of the
0: most subjective things in like TV or film, though, right? Like when you, yeah. when you, whether someone sticks out too much for you, whether they're too, you know, whether it's oh, it's always Marky Mark or it's always whoever, like that person who sticks out to you, and it that, that line is always so different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because there's probably a, plenty of people that don't know who Jason
2: Mantzoukas is and doesn't, doesn't know his voice, and you know he's just that annoyingly obnoxious guy, and he's doing that really well right now. So <laughs> they got some real weird
1: voices in this too. Like John Ham is the security guard in the opening scene of the first yes. episode. Yeah,
0: like, why is he like a fan of the comic or something? What I
1: don't know. Jamon Hunsu is the Martian Emperor in the last episode. Yeah.
2: I do love that first scene in the second episode where we get the payoff with the trash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he yeah, throws the trash and goes yeah. into space. It's very good. Because it looks like a bag of blood or something, like body parts or something, because it's just all mm. bloody, and then you realize, oh, no, it's that bag of trash that Mark threw in the very first episode, and I was like, oh, okay. yeah. that, that's pretty funny. That's a good payoff for that.
1: And Steven Yun is okay so far. I mean, he's he's good as, like, the protagonist, but he hasn't Done any heavy lifting quite yet, but I'm I'm sure we'll get there soon.
2: I mean, I do like Walter Goggins as Cecil. I think he's
1: yeah. Okay, he totally disappeared into that yes, role. Yes, he did. I, think
2: I I did not
1: realize that was Walter Goggins at all. And Chris Dimondopoulos is very good as Donald Ferguson too, yes. playing mm-hmm. very much against type.
2: So yeah, I think yeah the, the voice the voice cast is a little bit hit or miss on this on this mm-hmm. series. I mean, I generally like the the like I mean I. Repeating myself, but I generally like the family core. Like I think all those actors are great um, as those characters, and some of the supporting is working, but some of it isn't. I did have like one thing to say about the the big shocking reveal at the end, but it has nothing to do really with the reveal itself, but what happens afterwards when the uh, GDA comes in, and there's a moment where it looks like they're trying to save them. Mm-hmm. They put the like thing around what's the guy's, the leader's name? Immortal. Immortal. Like, they put that thing around his neck, and it looks like his body comes back for a second. They cover Aquarius with some kind of liquid. Like, I don't know if this is going to come back in the future. I mean, it is suspicious to me that we see four, you know, we see seven coffins, but we don't ever, like, you don't see the bodies. Like, I'm wondering, I mean, you don't have to spoil anything. Don't tell me anything. Like, these are just, like, thoughts, like, coming through my head. It's like, all, maybe they're not all dead maybe well i mean the dude's name is the immortal for a reason
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the girl that got her neck just snapped and, and the, the other girl that got her whole head impaled i'm, I'm guessing maybe are, are dead uh <laughs> not holding
1: out hope i'm saying green ghost should have just bounced she should have just like phased out of there and like someone's got to survive and tell someone else right mm-hmm. but she just had to catch dark wing's dead body like he's dead and yeah man
2: just move on <laughs> just move on <laughs> she could have lived guessing the Martian stuff like I mean I, I'm gonna it's so funny that we we got this this episode about the Martians and these like uh, these creatures that latch onto your face and then we got the Suicide Squad trailer with Starro in it but like <laughs> um these like Starro like things that like take over the humans and, and the, the and, sequins or whatever the sequids, yes yeah. thank you I'm guessing maybe, hopefully, those will come back at some point. I find that stuff kind of boring,
1: actually. Yeah, very whatever. I feel like Mind Control Aliens is always kind of just, eh, whatever. Very tropey, I think. You're not going to like Suicide Squad then, aren't you? No, I don't
0: know. I'm
1: I'm,
2: I'm excited to see what
1: James Gunn does with with Starro. Yeah,
2: Yeah, but I'm enjoying the series so far, you know, despite some of the animation issues and despite some of the voice casting and, and. Some of the story beats, I think, so far aren't the most compelling or structurally sound. But I am definitely looking forward to keeping with the series, especially because I do love Steven Yin. I do love J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see where this kind of goes.
1: Yeah, I think the anticipation lies in, like, where their relationship goes, knowing what we know now, right? Mm -hmm. I think think that's going to be the big thing.
0: I'm enjoying it every week. It's only eight episodes. Is it renewed already for second season? Are they still waiting to see how it how I don't it does? know.
1: I think they're still waiting.
0: Yeah, I would be upset if we didn't get a second season. Actually, I would. Qu- I know. I'd like to see them try to go the distance with this. It's a it's a it's a fun comic. It's a fun show. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so too. Hey, it's a
0: comic thing that's not Marvel or DC. That that's got to be worth something.
2: Well, it's also a comic thing that's like actually animated, right? Like we don't. I mean, we that's guess there too. are like DC animated movies and all that kind of stuff, but like you don't see too many. Of these things happening, I think on on mainstream like streaming services and stuff.
1: I wonder how much this costs. Probably not that much. I mean, I I well, feel like the voice animation. Costs a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're paying they're paying their voice cast a lot more than I think they spent on the animation. So, I just
1: want to see more of that that action animation turned up to eleven. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Grudge Match, the episode of Justice the Unlimited, where it was like the cage fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. Really good, uh, uh, DR movie animation there. So, I feel like it was a different studio that handled that fight than everything else. It might be because cartoons, like an animated series, they they split up animation work more often than you would think. So, who knows? Maybe. I think that's it. Short and sweet episode talking about
0: Invincible. Yeah, go go watch it. It's fun.
2: Yeah, definitely let us know if you guys are enjoying it too. All right, well, if if that's all for this week's, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? Uh you can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors, and you can
1: also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you
0: guys? I'm gonna say for now you can find me here on the podcast. And what about you, Derek?
2: You can find me at the wrong day, day spelled D A Y I K. That is for Instagram and Twitter. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people.
1: Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions this week about the new animated series, Invincible, please feel free to shoot us a line at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. We like reading it out on the pod, so feel free to do that. And with that, I think that will be the end of this episode, and we'll see you next week.
0: All right, see you next week, everybody.
1: See you guys next week.